everybody. Welcome back to a new year of Bike Race Weekly. My name is Rick, and I am joined by my lovely co-host. Hey guys, this is Ryan Gerard. Welcome back, Rick. Welcome back, Ryan. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. We're here for season two. Yeah. Season two of Bike Race Weekly. It started in 2019. I think we've said season two like three times now, but this is the actual this beginning is, of season this two. This is official season two. Official season two. Yeah. Episode whatever we're at right now. So yeah. Episode 20, uh, 25, I yeah, think. Yeah, this is like 25. 25, yeah. It's a, yep, I actually already put it up here. It's 25. Oh, nice, nice. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> we're back this year, this new year, to talk about all things coming up in the world of bike racing, what's been going on in the world of bike racing, and what we're generally excited about in the next couple months. Yeah. We're going to talk about what we've been up to over the last month and a half or so, and uh, what will be, uh, how our plans kind of change for this upcoming year. Yeah, and then we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what we, yeah, so what we want to do, and then maybe some, some stuff going on locally that yeah. we're seeing. So the Wisconsin cycling calendar was just updated for the road season this 2019. Just came out yesterday, actually. Just came out, and so this is like the official off-off season because cyclocross has been done now for, you know, roughly a month, I think. So we're everybody's kind of excited to see what's coming up in the new year. Yeah, I mean we'll start off. Uh, I got a little burnt out from cyclocross. I I knew oh from cyclocross. Well, I I think I think it's just that like I was at a low like fitness point during the entire cyclocross season, so it it wasn't like a a thing that I was super excited to do or anything. It was kind of just something to to do. Ryan, based on what you've been telling me, it sounds like you're a little burnt out. Period from training, and I knew you were gonna get burnt out. We called I it. Knew I wouldn't we, we say. I, I I would say I got. Anna, you called it with me. I yeah, did. I, I got recently to times. a point where I was pushing myself quite a bit. I think inside, and then I think eventually when you got work and stuff, and then you're doing a lot of training, especially indoors eventually your body just kind of starts to reject it as and your mind too i think that's a big part is your mind starts to reject it too and for a, for a reference ladies and gentlemen it's january 9th and the first race of the season is the first week of april well see my so you plan got a long way, you got a long way well to my go. plan is to get an entire like you know cycle through by shortly after the beginning of the season because I want to, you know, peak earlier in the season and then kind of have a second peak later in the season when we, we when we go to Gateway. All right. Because that's that's kind of my... I think Gateway is going to be kind of my, my peak this year. Like, my peak peak. Your peak peak? My peak peak. After the second burnout. After the second burnout. <laughs> we've had the first one. The first one is done. Now we're going for the second one. We're over the first burnout. Now yeah. we're going the second one. <laughs> but you know what? I took I took a week off. Of doing just like minor biking and it it really helped uh, my fitness is there I went from I mean I started in November or October doing doing uh, my f- lower amount of sweet spot work and I went from 256 to 276 and then I just tested this week at 290 so the the gains are there the gains are there. I think, but I think you're making gains so early in the season. I think those are steady, steady gains for what I'm looking for. But you, you just kind of keep getting bet up and up and up and up, and and that's just like all sweet spot too. Yeah. So but, I haven't even hit like the high intensity stuff yet. 
Sweet Spot's still pretty high intensity. It is pretty. It's pretty tough, but it's not like super high. Like it's not over unders. Yeah, it's not super hard. Once I start hitting those over unders, is really when it, you, when you, you really. Get burned out. Yeah, that's when you push. You really yeah. are pushing yourself. I've taken a whole new approach to the off season this year, which involves hardly riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> I just spent a, two weeks, like two full weeks, uh, downhill skiing. We visited our friend uh, Tommy. Well, you did. I did. Sorry. I visited our friend Tommy and his girlfriend, Jordan, that live out in Vail, Colorado. You want to talk about that trip? Yeah. Shout out to those guys for putting me up for a week. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I went I went with my wife for the first week and her dad, and we skied at Breckenridge, which was a ton of fun. And then I went to uh, Tommy's uh, apartment. So him and his girlfriend live in Vail, Colorado, right by the resort. <clears throat> and it was uh, formerly known as the TZ Training Camp Week. So we did a little bit of uh, hiking and skinning up mountains and skiing down. And then when I skied with Tommy and Jordan too, those are, they're both really good skiers. So they took me and pushed me on some, some pretty intense mogul runs. So that was fun to learn. I've, I've always skied my entire life, but I've never skied moguls before. So that was like a whole new experience. But I had a really good time. I wouldn't say, I would say my fitness, you know, maybe it did some things for my fitness skiing that long. I skied 13 days in, in two weeks. I was going to say that definitely has, so, does something to your fitness. It made me stronger for sure. Like skiing, yeah. skiing, I think is more of like a strength activity. It's like good off the bike fitness, really good core fitness. And for the kind of skiing that we were doing too, like you definitely like you get breathing really hard. Like it, it's really hard. Skiing. Yeah. It works your, your lungs. Yeah. And the snow was really good there too. So that was a ton of fun. It was, a, it was a really good mental break from everything for me. Yeah, and it looks like we're going to have another season of bad snow this year. Yeah, so it my, my plan coming into this year was I was hardly going to ride in the winter. I was actually planning on doing most of my training in cross-country skis just to mix it up to stay really fit. But we've had, like, no snow this year. You know, so. and all summer, everyone's saying, oh, we're going to have a ton of snow yeah, this year. Yeah, that's what I heard. So, you know, we went from having these crazy negative 30, like, Ridiculous huge, winters. Huge amounts of snow. Yeah. To like nothing. Like, like winter's pretty much gone. I mean, it's 30 degrees here. It's cold. It's winter. It just doesn't snow. We just don't get snow anymore. And if we, do, like, uh, like a week ago, we got like five inches. Yeah. And there was a lot of snow. And literally the day after, it was 50 degrees. Yeah. So I've got to revise my training plan or non plan this year and figure out some other kind of cross training. Yeah. Aside from skiing to kind of. You talked about winter. roller skiing, right? I, yeah, actually, I did get a pair of roller skis. I've done it skate skiing before, but I got a pair of classics. Not really for me. I don't, I don't really like them too much. I used them a couple times. I'll maybe try them out again a few times, but... That would be something good to do on, like, the Madison bike paths. Yeah, the bike paths are probably the best spot for that. Low traffic areas, for sure, because... Like, it's going after to... work? You're right next to the yeah, bike paths, Yeah, I'm right? right on the bike path, actually. So, um, yeah, I'll probably do that a little bit. Um, I was thinking about doing some some rock climbing maybe too as like some little cross training. Mm-hmm. I don't know this year. So like the last couple seasons, I'd spent the entire season inside training like that as my only form of uh, uh, pretty much any like exercise in the winter. In the last couple of years, I was just getting really burnt out doing that. So I kind of wanted to take like a different approach this year and turn things down a little bit. I have like really different goals coming into twenty nineteen. So. I just want to have a little bit more fun this winter yeah. and stay fit other ways. Yeah, I think at least next winter, like at the end, like from like October to January for sure, I think I'm going to get a membership to Boulder's gym. 
Yeah, I've and do rock climbing. That's what I've been thinking about do, doing that right now. Yeah, it's uh, so I think it's fifty dollars for unlimited access. It's like fifty dollars a yeah. month, or eighty five, and you get two locations downtown mm. and east. That would I would probably never go to the we live downtown close to one. the east side. Yeah, we live pretty close, like ten minutes away. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, 15, 15, but it's pretty close. I mapped it and it said 15. Uh, it's it's pretty close, though. Yeah, that's so. That's a great gym. And I, I, I like that better than traditional strength training. Like, I, I find that I, yeah. to be kind of boring. The thing I like about climbing is it's, like, kind of tactical and it, it's more fun. It's an entire body thing. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely using, like, a lot of core strength is the big one. But yeah. You're using a lot of muscles that are really useful for for riding as well. One thing that um, they actually just talked about in the Trainer Road podcast was strength training and not doing like specific muscle stuff. Doing when you do lifts, do lifts that incorporate as many muscles as possible. Yeah. And I think like rock climbing falls under that really well. Oh, for sure, for sure. So I think that that'll be a good one. We actually joined an intramural basketball league this yeah, winter. That is a workout in its own. First I, game last I did night. not expect basketball to be as hard as it was. I, I agree. I'd say we were generally in better shape than everybody yeah. out there because we train a lot cycling-wise, but like you're just not used to using yeah. other muscles. Like Running and cycling are very different sports. I think I felt best during that game, like at the end of the game. Same. Yeah. Where like my body your, had to get used to it. Your body definitely had to get used to it. Yeah. So I think at least next week it'll be a lot easier. I think that's like my like big thing is for anybody that's like really even people that are like really dedicated racers, I think it's it's a lot of fun to like do something that's still super physically active, but like with a lot more people. Like yeah. join a pickup league. Something that I wish we had more of is like pond hockey. Like, oh, I oh, wish we had. I still have my skates and stuff from college. Unfortunately, we just don't have any ice or snow this year. That's so. such a great workout too for es- like especially for cycling because the the muscles you use are so similar. Yeah, so pond hockey would or just pick up hockey would be super fun. I wonder if we could find a league like that around here. I know they'll have leagues, but it'll be like full pad leagues, oh, that's and lame. it'll be people that, that actually played hockey. I want to play padless no helmets yeah no, like pond like, yeah pond, pond like hockey. small small rink hockey helmets. no no <laughs> you don't wear helmets in helmets pond hockey losers. yeah but yeah pond hockey like pickup game pond hockey's like in college when they had that that was some of the most fun i've ever had yeah because we had and i mean in whitewater wisconsin we would go and play at the local rink at a park which oh, was it was free yeah. it was free and they would set up this entire rink and um we would get like 20 people out there a night like on a oh, Tuesday so night there'd be fun. 20 people out there yeah. and you play f- like 5 on 5 and then you yeah and you go for rail you go for the rails of the um of the goal and that's like a goal yeah but you know since hockey is so exhausting you're constantly switching out yeah it all you know everything works this it all works the aerobic system yeah like all of like basketball hockey climbing you know, it all it definitely to varying degrees, but it's all good for you. Like it'll all, it's not like you're just sitting on the couch. Yeah. The yeah. So yeah, that's been a lot of fun. 
we're gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep doing that into this year, and you're you're still gonna be playing basketball. I'm really excited to for basketball. Yeah, basketball's been yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I because I I played basketball. You played basketball too, growing yeah, up. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, and um, pickup basketball is always my favorite. Yeah, I always hated basketball practices. Yeah, like despised drills, it. Drills are the worst. I, I, I just like playing pickup. But I loved actually playing basketball games. Uh-huh. I just despised going to practices as a kid. Yeah, t- same here. But and so I I like this because then it, it is just the game. Like, yeah, we haven't played in a long time. <laughs> we're, we're rusty. But <laughs> we're rusty. We for sure are rusty, oh, yeah. but it's still is fun. Oh, yeah. It's a know? good time. Well, all right. That's enough about our, our other hobbies outside of cycling. <laughs> Back to bike racing. The Wisconsin calendar was just released this year. And this is the formal USA Cycling local Wisconsin sanctioned calendar. events. Yeah. Um, so... Ryan, you got to take a, a chance to look at the calendar. What are your general thoughts? On so I'm the looking at it right now. Um, so the first race is April 20th. Okay, so it's usually at Whitnell a little, Park. A little later than usual. Here's one thing that I don't understand. What's up? Because I just found this out today. So uh, Whitnell Park is Saturday, April 20th. They put it the same day as the Cheesehead Roubaix. Oh, yeah. Which is another... It's a free, free. gravel race. Yep. It's unsupported completely, and it's kind of like at 8.30, everybody goes. Pretty well known. And it's Wisconsin it's huge. Well. It's it's yeah. a pretty big it's ride. It's like kind of a big deal. And it's kind of like open roads and stuff, and it's kind of just like a Facebook group where it's just like, at this day, on this time, everybody's going to go. Yeah. So um, there's no you know course markings or anything. At least I don't think so. It very no, well could. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there really is. It's very low, yeah. low maintenance kind of event. It's kind of like there's nothing illegal about just riding your bike on the paths and on yeah. the roads. I think that's almost like that kind of uh, like coincidence of events. Yeah, is like indicative of like the current state of cycling. Like these sanctioned like WCA local USA cycling criteriums versus a lot of these like free and uh yeah uh like fun to do um like races but not really races yeah so i think so personally i'm going to cheese head Rube because I, that's not a race that i've been really wanting to do and i'm in the same boat it's kind of a mix it's a hybrid between a grand fondo and a, yeah and a uh a gravel race because there's a 10 mile gravel section yeah and it's kind of like if you stay with the front group it's a race yeah if you drop back you can just do a ride. And you can kind of find your varying groups that you want to ride with. Yeah. Some are faster, some are slower. So, yeah, you've kind of got, like, a really cool variety in there. I'm, that's why I'm doing it. It's free. I'm trying to save a little bit more money this year racing. Yeah. So, um, that's, yeah, my plan is just to do that. And then, are there any other... Uh, that's it before the lacrosse omnium. Okay, so that's your first race that you want to do this yeah, year? Yeah, that's that's something I want to do this year because I have not done it yet. Nice. And I've heard really good things about it. And if we can get another group to go, maybe camp out that weekend mm-hmm. and race bikes. I would I would do the lacrosse omnium. I did it last mm-hmm. year, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that race. Yeah. It was kind of in between like a, a local business park criterium and like a big like like a toad or intelligentsia yeah so like the production value is a little bit higher than your normal race they had some preems there the competition's really good because you get a lot of people from the twin cities coming down uh from the minnesota area to race uh, overall that was a pretty solid event i, li- I liked it a lot and the course the road racing course was really good 
The one so, thing I'm looking at right now is the TT is on Friday. Yeah, and it's an uphill TT. Which, that might not work. It's an uphill TT that's... I forgot how long it is, but it, I think... It's not long. It's like two miles. Yeah, it, it comes out to be like uh, like somewhere in the 10-minute ballpark. Yeah. Like below 10 minutes usually. Because it goes up... It's like the... Not the tallest hill in Wisconsin, but it's one of the tallest hills in Wisconsin. Yeah. So it's just two miles uphill. Um, you wouldn't even call it a mountain. No, no. But it's it's a pretty uh, notorious race, and it sounds really fun. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely put that on the calendar as like a yeah. Pro. I would do if anything just the road race and the Criterium. You know, I was gonna the say Criterium's like pretty darn fun. Even if we could get people just to go to go for like a camping weekend. Oh yeah, that you would know, be fun too. That, like people who want to come can come. They don't have to race. You yeah, know? I would be down for that. And camping's lacrosse, so cheap. Lacrosse is like a fun area too, mm-hmm. like just to hang out and do stuff in. So. I'm on board for that. That's definitely on my calendar. I'd like to do the Lacrosse Omnium this year. Um, so yeah, Cheesehead Roubaix, Lacrosse Omnium. There's also a series in Wisconsin called the, uh, oh boy, I forgot what it was called. It was like a series of self-supported Grand Fondos that are free. Ooh. It's like the Wisconsin Is it a uh, Facebook group? Spring Classics. I don't, uh. it might be a Facebook group, but they do it, they've done it the last couple of years where it's kind of like the Cheesehead Bay. The Cheesehead Bay actually might be one of them. Okay. But I, you know, I'm kind of like, like I said, Lowland Groups Spring Classics. Yep, that's the one. I'm all about doing a lot more free stuff this year and just kind of yeah. like Grand Fondos, just kind of more fun events. Like I've done the whole Criterium every single weekend thing for the last couple of years. So I'm going to kind of switch it up a little bit. Huh. Roots and Schedule. So I have their Facebook page up right yeah. now. Um, and they have a varying, varying. Uh, so April seventh is the Broken Spoke to Luxembourg. Yep. Uh, yeah. April, the cool thing is they kind of name they they pick cities mm-hmm. that are named so cities in Wisconsin that are named after European. Oh, this cities. was last year's. I'm sorry. Yeah. Last year's was April seventh, Broken Spoke to Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's April, up by you, I think. Me? Appleton area. I don't. Oh, it says it yeah. says reforestation. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's Green Bay area. Okay. Yep. Then April fourteenth was the wheel and sprocket to Holland. So that's in like Milwaukee area. Milwaukee area. That's gonna that's gonna uh, go to um, Downer Avenue, I believe. Oh really? Okay. Oh wait. Oh Hollander. Cafe no no no, Hollander. no. Sorry, this starts at Appleton's wheel and sprocket. That's pretty cool. Interesting. So, anyways, we're gonna do a couple of those events this year, and like like I said, those are more traditional Grand Fondos. So that leads me to my next question, Ryan. When it comes to racing, there's, in my mind, there's two different kinds of races. There's your toe-to-the-line categorized criterium, road race, time trial, not so much time trial, and then there's your Grand Fondo. And technically, they're both races, but they're very different kind of events. With With a categorized race, you're racing people that are within your ability range most of the time, and it's usually on a closed course it's usually on a looped course and it's also heavily sanctioned so the roads are blocked off there's timing there's like scoring there's a a finish line cam for for photo finishes with a grand fondo it's well there's varying degrees but generally the roads aren't closed usually there's a mass start event between any age any uh, ability level and any gender so it's it's men and women start um and the routes are usually point to point or they're a giant loop it's yeah generally not laps yeah like race the lake is a giant loop around lake winnebago 
So we've talked a lot about how you race a, cri- a criterium, how you race a road race, like a traditionally sanctioned WCA or USA cycling event, but how do you race a Grand Fondo? So I, um, and, and I ask you because you did a you did do yeah. a Grand Fondo this year. Yeah, you raced the lake, which I had a lot of fun at. So yeah. I think this is great because you can bring people in who don't really uh, necessarily want to race, but they want to do something that's you know somewhat competitive kind of feels it has that race feeling yeah it's got that that party mm-hmm. uh business at the front party, party the there back. you go there you go yeah, yeah yeah um so what i think so if you're doing this and so if you're gonna race it okay the great thing about it is you can race it the front is a race mm-hmm. it is a straight up race a lot of times they'll even have prizes for the first three people that cross the line yeah and if it's a big enough grand fondo sometimes there's team tactics as well yeah like um, race the lake is a race yeah the first wave is a race people will be pushing the pace on hard sections mm-hmm. of the course to try to like shell weaker riders yeah and so like if you're doing um a lot of these like if this is your weekend thing and it's like a, like one of these free ones, if you show up with your buddies and you're like, you know what, I, I'm just not feeling it today. Mm-hmm. You know what? You don't have to race. You can get into another group that's more just doing a group ride. And if anything, you can just sit on the back of a group that you're comfortable with and just use it as, you know, 80 miles of motor pacing. Yeah. And call it like, still like just, call it a fun day. You can just chill. You can even just like hang out with your homies at the back stop at all the rest stops get some crackers and cheese and yeah gatorade and and just you know have a good time so i think that's the great thing about these types of races is yeah. if you're not like if you want to race race it but if you're not feeling like you really want to race it there's still that great aspect of just ride it i know? think that's the thing that we've recently seen too with like the the racing scene locally so many more people are more interested in showing up to these kind of events and especially gravel events too where it's like it's just its own thing right it's a really different vibe it's less serious if they don't want to like all out race that day they can just chill and still have a good time yeah i think the reason why people primarily do these is because you feel like you get your money's worth more so yeah and you know the thing with like I th- we've talked about this to end so we don't have to get into it but like yeah. usa cycling is just so broken yeah, you know it's true. just so flawed it's like you are these races are forced to spend a ton of money for an event that doesn't really make money so it's like that that doesn't make sense so you put it onto the racers who it's like i'm just you know doing this on the weekends and you know every single year it's going up and up and up and up same with the licenses Mm -hmm. they're going up and up and up and up so it's like well this is just getting way too ridiculous i can't race every weekend because now it's i'm spending three hundred dollars a weekend or a week like a month going to races, racing, all this stuff. And people also generally don't really like the Criterium format. I know we're exceptions, probably because we got into it when we were younger. Yeah. And a little bit more risk-prone. Yeah. But, like, I've I've known people that were a little bit older than I was that just got into racing. They did one Criterium. They were really turned off by it. It's yeah. an intense form of racing. It's kind of like... Um, it's like somebody getting into football at like the age of 40. Yeah. Like it's that's, intense, that's very right? It's true. very physical. People aren't chill about it. Um, they're fun to watch, but like to, to race them is a different thing, especially for a newer rider. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think Grand Fondos are only going to get bigger. And I think too, it's going to start to become 
a little bit more of the competition model, like on yeah. the amateur level, where like you notice that the calendar for local cycling, and I think this is true across the United States, has only gotten smaller and it continues to get smaller. Yeah. Like there's less races this year, which I personally think is probably a good thing because less races mean more people show up to the the same races. But at the same time, it's it's not a good sign in general. Yeah, and I think these Grand Fondo things are getting yeah. just bigger and bigger. Like, what if we, I mean, um, this is just coming to my head. Like, if we did, like, a um, out and back, like, if we just wanted to go yeah. on Facebook and just invite as many people as we could and say, we're going to have a gravel race on the Glacial Drumland Trail on this day, and it's to this point and back. If everybody yeah, pitches in $5, you work on the honors, we'll have prizes. You work on the honor system. So yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, people, and that's kind of like, there's. I think there's very few people that really care like about the competitive side of cycling. Most people want an adventure. I think most yeah. people, and that's not just, that. like with their racing too, like the cool thing about a gravel race is that like it's a 200, you know, like I'll take the biggest one, for example, like Dirty Kansas. It's a 200-mile gravel race, but you've seen a huge chunk of Kansas now. Like, you've literally ridden through, like, a majority of the state. Yeah. So, or not, maybe not a majority, but, like, a huge part. So, like, you got something out of it. Like, that's when I got into cycling, I wasn't really interested in racing because I thought it was kind of, like, I wanted to go, like, point to point or, like, do kind of a really cool ride or, like, see a bunch of cool stuff. So, people kind of want the competition aspect of things, but they also want the achievement and the adventure too Mm -hmm. you know i think people are just pickier too these days with like their experiences whereas maybe 30 years ago criteriums was it or road racing was it like you didn't have anything else now the grand fondos have changed that and the gravel races for sure have changed that Mm -hmm. um people like there's just so many options that like people are are voting with their attendance i guess you could say and I mean, we can kind of use this as a transition to our next topic is world tour. Um, something that the Cannondale pro team has done is they said, we're not really hitting our target audience when yeah. we just sponsor a pro team. So they're the, so they paired up with Rafa who they want to change their direction and actually go to the, the consumer things like cans and stuff. And it's like, you are now there with these people riding like bikes that are more going to be for the average consumer bikes that you use in a like a gravel ride are probably more likely bikes that you're going to sell to a consumer yeah exactly i think and if you follow rafa it's rafa cycling clothing they have a really good youtube channel where they put up all their promotional videos oh really and yeah they're so they're all their whole marketing um uh design or their marketing objective is to is to broadcast like uh cycling experiences so they don't they don't really if you look at their youtube channel and their their material they don't really focus on racing that much it's more so on people going out and having really cool rides with their friends you know traveling to really cool places cycling through crazy conditions and kind of creating a story so i can see why they're pushing the ef education first team to do some of these events because Dirty Kansas is such a cool story. Yeah. Like, it's, it draws thousands of cyclists. Like, there's, like, the preparation that goes into it. It's kind of like triathlon. Like, cycling is becoming... So, cycling is trying to capture some of the energy and excitement that triathlon brings. And, like, Ironman specifically, where people get the fever for it, right? Like, 
not many people get that like kind of bug about like you know road racing and criterium and time trial racing but people do about like dirty kanza or crazy crazy 200 mile grand fondos for example this year too in wisconsin race across wisconsin no ride across wisconsin raw has always been uh like 175 miles from i think dubuque iowa to kenosha they changed it this year and made it 220 miles from lacrosse to green bay yep because they were it's almost as if they were losing out on the people that wanted like a more epic experience mm-hmm. personally i think 175 miles is a lot yeah it's ridiculous Anyways, that's a lot like but now they made it even more epic to kind of like keep up with the trend of these yeah. crazy events um and uh i mean talking about raw um, yeah. One thing I think that Rafa is now seeing that I think Trek has done early is investing into personalities rather than like a team. Yeah. So uh, Trek has been in per- investing into a lot of people that they plan to keep as ambassadors. So, so right now they have Jens Voigt. Yep. Um, they have Emily Batty, who is definitely going to be an ambassador after she's done. Yeah. They've actually, um, they're going to sign, but I believe they've already kind of settled it with Vincenzo Nibali. I did read that today. They, He's they going to, yeah, offer. they made him a two year uh, pro deal mm-hmm. and then a contract for afterwards. So Trek is a really interesting professional cycling model. What they typically do is they reach out to cyclists at the end of their career, yeah. like very well-known cyclists, and that are still relevant and still good cyclists, but they want to be the last brand that they work with because if you're the last brand that you work with, typically there's something written into con- the contract where you're like an ambassador for them. Yeah. And if you have a good experience, why wouldn't you want to be an ambassador after your career's done? For example, like they picked up Ryder Hegedal at the end of his mm-hmm. career. He was the only Canadian to ever win a Grand Tour, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Alberto Contador. Vincenzo, yeah, that's right. Vincenzo Nibali would be a, a great pickup because he's Italian cycling royalty. Yeah, and that's he, a huge he, thing is because um, yep. Segafredo Coffee is an, is the Starbucks right. of Italy. And he's still a very relevant, very fast rider. He just won Milan San Remo this year, one yeah. of the cycling classics. The only, I think, no, one of the only Italian cycling classics. And I think it's, it's kind of... Uh, I mean, I think that's an amazing marketing opportunity. If you can have, like, the king of Italian cycling. Yeah. I think he's won every Grand Tour to finish his career and the, for the foreseeable future ride a Trek bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that will sell Treks in Italy, hands yeah. down. And then they they now have Yolanda Neff and Lizzie Denine, yep. who are both now going to race um, for the road team. Yeah. Well, Lizzie Dagen has been a Di- multi-time yeah. uh, world, world champion. champion. Yolanda Neff swore a, off road racing uh-huh. until she had a, an actual team to race with. Yeah, that would, and that would make sense for and her. And so now she said, I'm actually going to start road racing now yeah. because we have a solid team. The interesting thing about the Trek's women's team is that they have a really interesting factory program where a lot of their riders can easily move between disciplines. For yeah. example, Ellen Noble races uh, cross-country mountain biking in the summer and then in the in the fall she fully transitions to world cup cyclocross yolanda neff does the same thing except with more of an emphasis on cross-country mountain biking um i'm trying to think of some emily batty emily batty does not race cyclocross uh, but i think she used to in the past 
Yeah, speaking of, uh, this is a little off, off topic, but I just Nothing's found off out. Topic for us. I just right. found out. Uh, so I finished reading Peter Sagan's book. Did you know he he took second place at in the world championships for junior cyclocross? Yeah, and I think he was a world I didn't champion know junior mountain bike. He was, but yeah. I did not know he was second place in uh, cyclocross. Guy, guy can do it all. Yeah. Do you Same know who, with. Do you know who he was second place too? I think it might have been Mikkel Kiyakowski. Was it? Oh, really? Yeah, he would. He uh, went up the ranks with. He talked about how they were. They like, were always like the two yeah. top riders going through like juniors and stuff. What's in like every discipline? What's interesting too is in 2016, the year that Peter Sagan won uh, the Tour of Flanders, him and Mikhail Kwiatkowski were in a multiple like two man breakaways together. And it, the week before at the Eneco Tour, they took a two man breakaway to the line, and Kwiatkowski beat him. And then a week later. They took it to the same two-man breakaway off the front, and Peter Sagan used that to launch to his winning move in uh, the Tour of Flanders. Mm-hmm. And then this, I know it was 2017, they both went to the line in Milan-San Remo. Yeah. And it was a three-man sprint between Philippe, Kwiatkowski, and Peter Sagan. Yeah. And uh, Kwiatkowski got Peter Sagan yep. by a, a fractions of, a, of an inch. Yeah. So yeah, back to what we were talking about. Back so to, yeah. I think it's great that Trek is doing like that ambassador program because they they've realized that if they get all these, um, you know, celebrities, I guess, in the cycling personalities, personalities, yeah, and they see them all on these Trek bikes and stuff, every different type of Trek yeah. bike. Like to be honest, like I see I mean, it on Instagram, and it almost makes me want to buy a Trek bike. I mean, the the whole point of sponsoring these teams is to sell bikes and. So why wouldn't you want to sponsor the riders that have the biggest reach, right? Yeah. So like Contador is uh, is the most famous famous Spanish rider after Miguel Indurain. Um, uh, Vincenzo Nibali is the most Spanish spa- uh, famous Italian Italian rider since probably uh, 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 Cipollini. No. Um, or or uh, what's Marco his name? Pantani. Ma- Marco Pantani. I was gonna yeah. say yeah. I guess they're different kinds of riders. Cipollini was a sprinter. Pantani yeah. was a climber as well. But yeah, he's like the the, the source Pantani of, of pride, nowadays. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So like okay, so if you're Trek, if you're going to sponsor. A rider that's a big personality that you think can sell bikes. Who would you sponsor aside from? Uh, exactly, yeah. Italy? Um, but yeah, and then you see these riders at like these gravel races. And I think that's going to be the future of the industry is having gravel. personalities that you follow at these races. You know? Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, I think the endurance mountain biking is going to be another thing that these uh, teams send people to. I know EF is going to Leadville this year. Yeah. They want to send some riders there. I think that's such so a good idea. what are your thoughts? Do you think they have a chance of winning these events? Oh, for so, sure. Absolutely. Like, They're going like, to be a level above everyone. So, I think it depends. If they send a, a squad of They did four, send people to Kansas last year. Uh, no, they sent... I think Leadville is what you're thinking of. Oh, okay. But they... He, he so demolished. I they, think it was Mike Woods. Mike, so they, so Alex Howes got second at Leadville in 2017. Um, Peter Stetna won the Tahoe Trail 100. Last year, uh, Ted King won. Ted King, that's it. Yeah, so he's actually a former Cannondale rider. He's not a, Oh, he's not he's, anymore? He retired in 2015. Oh, okay. Yep. So, but yeah, I think if they send squads of like four guys to these races, especially the gravel races, it won't even be a competition. They'll just ride off the front. But I think if, uh, you know, if they if they only send one or two, I think it just make it really interesting. I think yeah. it would become a race, 
And for the mountain biking, especially like Leadville, I know Alex Howes got, or no, no, it was either Alex Howes or Joe Dombrowski got second place in 2017. I think some of those endurance events are really cool, but they get a lot of media attention. So it gets a lot. And I I feel like as a rider, you would enjoy doing that stuff. And and you get to interact with amateurs on the the starting line, not just in the crowd on the starting line. Mm -hmm. It is a really cool concept. I think that's, you know, I think it's taken cycling a long time to figure out like how to actually sell bikes. And I think, and sell bikes and then um, you know, get brand influence. And I think they're finally, a, a lot of teams are finally doing it right. Yeah. To be quite honest, if they want to really sell bikes, put them on the bikes that other people ride. Put them on an Ultegra bike, you know, a $3,000, $4,000 bike. Put them on those bikes. Yeah. Because I think that's, if you can see the guy who won um, the Dirty Kanza on a bike that you could buy, mm. I think that goes a lot farther where it's just like, well, it's good enough for that guy. So you think they should make them ride affordable bikes? Yeah. That well, I mean, like, sense, if right? I mean, you ride a bike with 105, it, I don't think it matters if you're the best in the world or just an amateur. That bike's going to be enough for you to 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 do well. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It's probably a good marketing idea. Yeah. Have people ride the bikes of the people. And it's like, it's so what if you don't win? Like, that doesn't take away. It's not like World Tour. And interact with your fans. It's not World Tour. So you don't lose anything by doing that. In my opinion, I think, like, you'll always have the hallmark events of cycling, all the Grand Tours, the classics. But I think, yeah, I think you'll start to see teams move away from these, like, smaller races, like the Volta Al Catalunya, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like the Tour of San Sebastian, like these, you know tiny tiny well maybe the tour of san sebastian these races aren't small necessarily but they don't get the kind of media attention that mass amateur races get yeah which is interesting and maybe it's different in america versus europe but yeah i i think it's interesting interesting direction for yeah sure. all right so let's just uh to finish off let's talk about the upcoming races that like in the world tour like tour down under tour is down honestly one of my Probably one of my favorite races love, to watch. Love the Tour Down Under. It's really cool start to the season. Australian fans are what make the race great. They're always in like five row deep crowds across the sides of the important points of the race. The the mostly flat, a um, lot of sprint stages ends at Wollonga Hill or at least uh, the yeah the, the last day is ultimate event Wollonga is Hill. Wollonga Hill usually they finish with almost like a crit race yeah I think it's like a crit in no, downtown yeah they, they're doing that on the stage three or four now yep so that'll be really cool to see uh Ryan I know it's not uh necessarily smart to make early season predictions but I, I'd say let's make some early season predictions okay who do you think is going to take the overall uh for Let's say, who do you think is going to take the overall for uh, Tour uh, Down Under? For Tour Down Under, Richie do, Port. Do they hand have a, hands down? You think so? Do they have a sprint Absolutely. jersey? For yes, yes. I think um, I'm actually going to call it Caleb Ewan. Here's the thing: is I think Tour Down Under really brings out Aussie pride. Yeah, for sure. So I think the GC winner and the sprinter winner are both going to be Aussies. Yeah, I think Caleb Ewan. And Caleb Ewan really has something to prove this year. He's on year. a new team this year. It's, I think this this year make her, makes or breaks like the rest of his career. Yeah, I think it's definitely I think it's a definitely important year for him to, to start off well on a new team mm-hmm. that's not an Australian team. Yeah. I think Caleb Ewan picks up that sprinter's jersey and I'm gonna say I you know, I think Caleb Ewan does well. Either Caleb Ewan picks it up or I think Andre Greipel 
Is he going to be in the tour down under? No, Andre Greipel went down to Pro Continental. Oh yeah, he's on he's on Samsic this year. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, Caleb Ewan, and I think the Marcel GC- Kittle. Marcel Kittle. Um, yep. Kittle's Gavir- always has like. A I think Gaviria's going. Years. Yeah. I think Last if, year he had a really bad year. If Katuja can get their lead out figured out, I think Kittle will have a good yeah. year. To be honest, I think if he has a bad year, he might go back down to Pro Continental. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, you never know. But uh, so yeah, Ewan, I think we'll, he'll have a good year. Um, I think the GC is going to be tight. I know uh, Daryl Impry won last year. Uh, Richie Port, I think, has a good chance of winning. Or I know Jack Haig has been riding really well. Yeah. And, you know, some of that Aussie pride. Mitchelton Scott always brings a team to that race. Yeah, Wollonga Hill kind of reminds me of some of the um, some of the Ardennes classics with that kind of five-minute effort up Wollonga. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really good for Jack Haig. I think he's got a good chance of winning. So we're saying an Aussie. An Aussie's, Aussie's going to win. win. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anybody but an Aussie comes to that race yeah. wanting to win it. I mean, like Caleb Ewan just came off of the uh, Bay Crits, too. So yeah. he already has he racing wins. under his legs. That's right. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's our predictions. All right. Uh, anything else? Oh, we got a uh, Grind Your Gears. Grind Your Gears. An- Anna's coming in for this one. Grind Your Gears segment. Anna, why don't you Anna, come, up, come up to the mic what here? What grinds your gears? So, I was getting a new smart trainer for my birthday. Mm-hmm. You can get it all set up, the smart road trainer. Yeah. So, you assume it's a smart trainer. Correct. I'm actually going to bring up the where we bought it off of. It's actually and called re- the read, road smart trainer. Read the uh, description. So... We were lazy on Sunday, so we, like, set it all up and stuff, and Ryan was tired, so I was like, well, let's just not bike. And I'm like, I have all day Monday before work, so I work nights. I'm like, I need to do something on Monday to get me tired to sleep before work anyway, so got it all set up, and I'm like, okay, I'll just ride on Monday. I got really excited, hooked it all up, and I'm so like... So this, bi- this trainer is called the Kinetic Road Machine Smart Bike Trainer. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. That's the description. Okay. Um, and then it says... Uh, Includes in-ride sensor for wireless power-based workouts. Okay, mm-hmm. so you... So it says in the name, Smart, bi- smart so Bike Trainer, it says saying. power. Yeah, I, see what I see what you're saying. It says Smart Trainer, so it should be... A Smart Trainer, It should trainer, be like right. an ERG-controlled ERG Right, so yeah. I get on and I can't get it to work, so I'm like, maybe it's my computer it's not connecting to, so I try my phone, and it's uh-huh. all working, except it won't change gears, and I have to change gears. And the only reason I got a new trainer was that I didn't have to train gears. Otherwise, I would uh, just change gears. And we got this one on, it was on sale because it was last year's yeah. model. So yeah. that was the only reason. So I guess it, it, there's partially on us because... Us, sir. I didn't I, <laughs> I I mean, when when it says smart trainer and it says power-based and like it connects with your phone and stuff, you I just assume that it's a smart no, I, trainer. I'm in the same boat. I think... So I think it the, only... It only transmits power. No, power. no, no. It doesn't no. even do power. It's, um, it is, uh, what is that called? It's, um, virtual power. Oh. So it's not even real power. So it's nothing it's just, different than yeah. what I have on my tire right that's, now. So it's just virtual power. Yeah, so that's lame. They, they really need to, I think they should differentiate it. Yes. Between, like, uh, virtual power trainers. Or a smart uh, trainer. Smart train, no. Virtual power trainers. Power trainers, which have like mm-hmm. yeah. actual power but no erg, and then erg mm. trainers. Right. Yeah. That's like there's three categories. I probably so spent three hours there, trying to get this thing to connect, oh. and I was so frustrated. Be, so be wary of the, the <laughs> erg. Or yeah. Smart so then Ryan finally is like looking it up, and he's like, oh. so I actually dug into it a lot deeper. Yeah. And because we're like, it's supposed oh, to be showing this screen. It's erg. not showing. This I was screen. like, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Even, and I was like, 
This isn't even a power trainer. No. I was so mad. But so now, now you're set up. Yeah. And you're good to go. Yeah. So I so, did my first. Uh, well, so the, the story was after that was Anna was like, I just want to put up the like extra money after like me and her parents got her a trainer. Um, so I was like, either I'm going to return it and just stick with my old one. I'm like, I don't want this one if I'm not going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was right. being a little salty. So we returned that trainer, and then uh, we ordered Anna a tax. Flow Smart Trainer, which is an actual ERG trainer. And you Love like it. it? Do you like it so far? Love it. It's good. The one thing I gotta say about it is, silent. first off, it, it looks really good, and second, it's dead silent. I'm it's gonna, really light to carry, too, that's, that's which is bad. my big thing, and it's easy to set up, because I hate yeah. screwing my bike on every time, mm-hmm. yeah. so you just literally click a button on it, and nice. it pops in. So if anyone out there that's looking for like a cheaper smart trainer that's easy to set up, I would honestly really recommend the the Tax right. Flow Smart Trainer. You're, it's like three hundred seventy dollars, so it's definitely on the lower end. I think it's the cheapest smart trainer you can get on the market. But um, it's nice. Yeah, after Anna's used it once, I guess twice. twice um, it, it's it really surprised me. All I gotta right. say, you heard it here. Uh, tax Flow Trainer, go and buy it. Yeah. Not sponsored by tax. Not sponsored by tax. Tax, you owe us money for that. That's right. <laughs> that endorsement deal. All right. Well, let's wrap it up now. Uh, Ryan, anything you want to say before we go? Um, I'm looking forward to doing the podcast again and We're going to get it going. And... Back on that weekly grind. I'm excited about this season. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Doing a few different things this year. It's going to be fun. Look for us at some of the races. We'll probably do a couple live po- live podcasts again. Do some fun stuff like that. So, yeah. That's it, everybody. This was Bike Racing Weekly. That's it. That's it. We'll see you next week. Bye.